Wanya and welcome to the Deadly Discussions podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. This is season two of the podcast, and we're so excited to bring you 30 new guests over 30 fresh episodes. Now, these episodes wouldn't be possible unless, of course, we had sponsors. And one of those sponsors is Talcha Technology. Talcha Technology is an indigenous business specializing in IT design, website integration, and app development, among other things. The name Talcha comes from the founder, Alan Holmes' great-great-grandmother, Maria Talcha, a bachelor woman also known as Queen Maria of Childers. She was a key figure in the community post-colonization and was one who always brought the gold out of people around her, both black and white. Alan aims to have his business create a legacy of bringing the gold out of everyone around him, both black and white. So it was no um, problem having Alan sponsor this because the ethics and values perfectly align. So thank you, Alan, and thank you, Townsha, and all the guys and girls for all the hard work and the sponsorship towards the podcast. Now sit back and enjoy this episode and make sure you like it, share it, subscribe to the channel, and uh, most of all, enjoy. Welcome to Daily Discussions. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. This is a podcast on social entrepreneurship. Um, and usually I would do an acknowledgement country, but now that I'm back on country, it's Wanya. Welcome to country, cubby cubby country here on the Sunshine Coast. Um, I'd like to inter- uh, introduce my guest, Chad Crowshaw, which is episode three. So we're excited to learn about Chad. I've seen Chad around um, the the interwebs doing his thing uh, with his business. I, I know he's something in uh, facilities management or office spaces, but we're about to find out. And I can know the truth for myself now. So welcome to the show, Chad. Uh, thanks, Isaac. It's um, great to join you this morning, mate. Um, thank you very much. Um, I'm coming to you this morning from Tangarang country, Euroa, um, in central uh, Victoria. Um, we have our offices based in North Melbourne. Um, Again, look, it's great to speak to you further. Obviously, sort of on the front with regards to sort of you know being a, a, a First Nations business, um, we we do, as you said, uh, our business uh, focuses and concentrates on facilities management and property services. Yeah. So yeah, um, look at a bit about myself. Uh, my mob uh, or my father's mob uh, from Anawan, which is up around um, Anawan country, around. Um, Central uh, New South Wales Tablelands. Um, yeah. I, I live um, and work sort of out of Melbourne, but um, my my heart sort of obviously is um, is in Tangarang country up where I live, um, which I you know, every every opportunity like yourself, mate, I head out of um, town and get back home as soon as I can. Um, but obviously, our business is uh, very much CBD um, central focused. Um, so just to give you a bit of insight, I suppose, yeah, we um, I, I come from a hospitality um, background, um, hotel yep. management school. Um, I, I sort of transgressed like like a lot of people do over the years. Sort of my, my yeah. career and my focus had morphed um, from back out, from hotels into the corporate space, where we saw a lot of our clients looking for. A, a really high-end um, service delivery that sort of really wasn't quite being met in the marketplace, and that was where that was how the business started. Um, yeah, well, and before, and we'll wind it back. Uh, you know, your upbringing—did you grow up on country in New South Wales? 
No, I didn't. Interestingly enough, you know, like many of um, and the guys out there, mate, um, my old man and his um, his mother were both from um, a stolen gin. So, um, yeah. you know, we were really, I suppose, you know, you know, sadly and appallingly, we, we were never engaged or, or acknowledged that. And I hadn't either right the way throughout my... Um, yeah, well... Wow. Yeah, um, you know, and again, look, maybe we'd operated. I'd operate. I grew and operated the business without identifying because, um, yeah. And to be quite honest, we, we I'd still um, yeah. encountered quite a lot of um, pushback and headwind on that, which was really, you know, unfortunate. But again, um, I suppose that's why I hadn't identified um, as a yeah. Uh, so when, when did you start? Um and before we start that, so we'll go on the stolen generation. So parents, yeah. uh, mother, yeah. I mean, father is stolen and, and mother before him? Yeah, yeah dad, dad's yeah. Um, mother before and, yeah. So, yeah, a, yeah. a bit of a shock and mess. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, wow. struggling to find identity there and, you know, yeah. that, those conversations got really pointed towards the end of, you know, the last yeah. few months of dad's life, I suppose. That yeah. really powered me up into fourth and fifth gear on this yeah, <laughs> um, wow. without it being a personal crusade it, it was much yeah, deeper, yeah. So, much so was your, your father you know was he sort of in denial or was he you know a lot of yeah yeah yeah, animosity? yeah. absolutely no no animosity at all mate yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah. absolute denial though absolutely 100 percent. yeah so he was just saying i'm just i'm just not a black fella yeah, oh, yeah 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 absolutely um, yeah, so, wow. What you know? Well, I think that's such a. Uh, as I get older, I realise uh, I can understand with a lot of the dramas we have, you know, back on country, or when you're starting to, you know, disrupt those old, uh, you know, boundaries and thought processes that have, you know, been scars from colonisation. It's very uncomfortable. So I think a lot of people are happy just to say, you know, I don't really get into that stuff. You know, yeah. I'm just sort of, I'm just an Aussie. And I just do my do my job, pay my bills, you know, pay my taxes, and you know, yeah. watch the footy. And I, I think as I get older, I start to understand people who have who have done that, you know, and have followed that process because it, it is a lot to take on. Oh, look, I I totally agree, mate. Look, and again, too, you know, younger generations are much more equipped and um, educated in in how you have those yeah. discussions. So, you know. Looking forward, I see nothing but good. But again, I totally understand. You know, it, it's a, a very sensitive, and you know, it, it's where do you start? Yeah, that's it. And how do you um, like, how did you go back? Uh, you know, to you know, putting those connections together. If your dad was one that was like, I'm not, you know, I don't want to be part of this. Like, how did you, you know, go back? Oh, you put just this together. Yeah, just real, yeah, a lot of heavy encouragement. Um, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, trying to sort of illustrate and demonstrate the upside for owning this and, and you know, again, from his perspective too, from a personal perspective, unpack it a bit more. And Jesus, yeah. again, look, yeah, in his last few years, sort of that became really comfortable for him to do. So that, that was fantastic. And I joined him sort of to do that with yeah. him. Yeah, it was really really cool I think that's you nearly know, like a full circle like that uh sort of that bit of that closure you know yeah, yeah exactly mate. yeah but it, you know it, it did impact enormously on the way that I uh, viewed my business um yeah. it impacted sort of on where and how I felt that we could sort of 
um, demonstrate that, to be quite honest, mate. You mentioned before, I think it was the IPP that gave me the courage to come out in this space, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Coming out. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, yeah, I'd love to start with the inception of the business. Uh, so you said you came from that, that background, hospitality. Um, how did you first start? Was it like a side project or you took the leap of faith, you know? Um, yeah. Again, look, I was, um, like a lot of us, we were, we were operating in that space sort of as, as small sort of contractors. Um, yeah. We were, what we were doing, we were highly recognised for and we really focused in on that. Again, I bought that sort of ho ho really high-end five-star hotel experience that I'd gathered through working out the Ritz-Carlton hotel chains and things like that and then bringing yeah bring them across into the corporate workspace, which was, at the time was something fairly sort of new. I mean, um, yeah. we were very, very fortunate in the early days to have the enormous support of Macquarie Group yeah. and the, the Victorian state government. Again, you know, the, um, we, had, we had a premium client um, this first up. So they were incredibly supportive and encouraging of that. I, I think their understanding, yeah. their detailed and deep understanding around how an IPP should work, what what the things are. That gave us enormous confidence to move through that process with them. And at the end of the day, yeah. mate, they didn't identify us as a First Nation business regardless. We, we looked after them for a number of years when it was yeah. actually fact when we sort of said, hey, you know, um, here we are and we identified. Yeah. They were quite a bit taken aback for a moment. I think there was a, a period of probably a couple of years where they, they sort of like, well, how do, how, how do we deal with these guys? Yeah, no, that's it. Do we have to pay you in kangaroo skin or what's happening yeah, here, you know? <laughs> exactly. What are their compliances going to look like? Oh, it was nothing like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and again, that, it, yeah, it's part, you and I both know Dwayne Good, uh, his comment. Yeah around this is really enlightening and again his, his view of just let's unpack this and have a good good yarn about it and and be yeah. totally transparent is definitely the way forward but yeah you know, i'm waffling on about the ipp way too much <laughs> yeah no no i think it's it's such a you know i like to say it was the precursor to a, you know to, to generation one of the indigenous business space where you had you know people like yourself who are already in business and now you've received information that federal government wants to do business with you. Um, you know, what does that mean? You know, how do you explore that? And the state governments and corporate strand now having, you know, targets to engage in Aboriginal business. You know, what does that mean? Am I supposed to be, you know, you know different? It's the same with our, we've got a soccer team, which is an Indigenous team. You know, what makes it an Indigenous team? You know? Do we, you know, do we wear a certain thing? Do we talk a certain way? And it's really the culture that's been brought in the team of, you know, mateship and, you know, looking after each other and looking after your health and, you know, inclusion, inclusion as well. So other non-Indigenous players. That's my, you know, thought process. And, and the same as a business, it's yes, there's Indigenous leaders in the business and the culture reflects, you know, family, you know, and commitments and, you know, uh, well-being first. And so just some of those um, concepts are just, you know, opposite of what we'd find in, you know, corporate uh, I, Australia. I totally agree, mate. I think that that is that sort of sometimes perceived clash of culture. Yeah. Um, you know, as you said, um, I think we really identify, um, you know, the, the enormous and beautiful upside of um, corporates engaging authentically. Yeah authentically on that level 
you know, I think yeah. that that's what we, you know, we, we were exactly that, that point you made about the, the um, community and social interaction piece about, you know, uh, you know and our responsibility of First Nation business to, to deliver on that. Uh, our clients yeah. expect that. I think unpacking the detail around that for them and with them is absolutely crucial in them further developing a really good understanding of how this works for them. And, you know, <clears throat> like you say too, mate, we, we all run businesses. We have a commercial um, viability model that has, yeah. to, has to sit behind that. Um, the beauty of engaging with First Nation business, first up, mate, that, that, that's one of our key objectives is to put back in and, and bring everybody along with us. We, we, our, we are known for that. It's in our DNA. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, that value add comes to the party when they engage us. So that they're getting that already that they weren't getting yesterday. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and that's one I talk to. You know, I think Hutchison's builders do a really good program where they have they fund their own uh, like incubator or, or program which has Indigenous leaders in there going out to find other Indigenous you know employees uh, or exactly. traineeships and. They've invested because they're seeing the long-term um, results. Um, you know, one, it's the right thing to do, but also the data. You know, if you've got targets across government because it's the taxpayers, you know, yep. um, money and that tax that has been generated on our country, which was stolen from us since, you know, uh, Lieutenant Cook plunged the flag into the ground. Um, we've missed out on all that equity, so now we're saying we've put aside this amount to bring back our First Nation people, accelerate their growth so that they're in positions of responsibility and uh, authority as, you know, the true stewards of the land. I think a lot of the corporates and government now are starting to understand that, the value that they're not having to stress about their own campaigns of getting black faces in the building, um, that they can have much more impact by engaging an Aboriginal business who organically will go out and hire their cousins and friends and family, you know, and do all the heavy lifting emotionally and physically and financially. Yeah, look, again, totally agree, mate. I think uh, of interest and probably uh, you may or may not be aware, um, my company, Jara, uh, is a JV, is a, a part of a JV company. Now, yeah, part of our injury, part of our shoulder in and commitment to it is that's what we bring we bring to the table as well. Not only our, uh, you know, our capability but, but and capacity to take on those mm. um, contracts, but to deliver on that piece of it, you know, as part of it. Um, as part of the um, Supply Nation and Kinaway sort of certification processes, as you're aware, there, there's a number of parameters that we have to add, yeah, um, that's right. have, have to maintain. So the... the we, you know, oddly enough, and I had this conversation with a lot of people, particularly out of Victoria, too. You know, to, yeah. to, if, if we're focusing in, if we are focusing and being judged and and on our KPIs and benchmarks around our headcount, um, yeah. we we may as well just be dropping it and forgetting about it and leaving it. Quite honestly, mate, to the um, mm. to the employment agencies to do that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is a whole nother box in the Aboriginal sector. 
And I exactly that point, mate. I think I think clients sort of expect, oh, as of tomorrow, once the contracts, we'll see sort of five, um, you know, guys from mob wandering around, right? It's like absolutely, yeah. Right. yeah. Again, we, we, you know, the reality check, guys. We we have a very small pool of um, available, um, you That's know, mob here in Victoria. Yeah. We're not working out a WA, uh, which has right. so and we've got. We realign our expectation and our expectation, or rather our commitment to that is exactly as you said, mate. We we then uh, pivot and then focus now on, okay, when we engage with other companies to deliver these services, we ensure that we always partner with a, another First Nations business. I mean, yeah. for exactly that reason. Um, yeah. They ensure that what we can't do, they can reach and yeah. then We've got that sort of safeguard system right throughout the process for the client. They, they can see that. They can see what's happening, that if it's not us, it, it's going to another party that ensures that we're all on the same track and building yeah. really fantastic benchmarks and numbers around this. Yeah, that's it. It yeah, starts like the... WA, mate. You know, you look at some of the operations out of WA, they're coming in at, you know, 55 60%. Um, oh, they're incredible! Yeah, we're, like when we had a you know one part of the Bunjil journey at Bunjil's peak, where about nineteen percent of our spend was on yeah. other Aboriginal businesses. Yeah, and um, and back to the Indigenous economy, and that made up of about uh, nine Aboriginal businesses that we were um, you know procuring from. Yeah. And so like that to me was more impact than you know having the the staff, but even then the staff were already trained and. And talented, and I was very lucky to have them. But yes. being able to, you know, spend with other Aboriginal businesses, you know, the money circulating through our own economy um, and building one another up, I think that will be the key going forward. But like, yeah, like you said, in WA, it's incredible. Some of the mines procurement of uh, Aboriginal um, companies is is huge numbers. Yeah, I think they've got a fantastic focus. Um, you know, again, <clears throat> the size of the, the market and the contracts enables them to sustain the, uh, you know, the retention in, in, yeah. in contracts. Um, we operate sort of, I suppose, sort of, you know, in a, in a high CBD environment, mate. Um, there's yeah. an enormous amount of agility and scale up, scale down capacity that we have to um, factor into our business to supply these services to our clients. Yeah. Again, I say to the clients, you know, if you're going to if you're going to place us in a position where we're going to be continuously looking at head counts, then we probably need to walk away from this. But if you'd like to engage with us, where we can demonstrate to you, okay, we've engaged throughout your supply chain, fifteen other Indigenous businesses or Aboriginal businesses. Yeah, that's it. Then you're really starting to talk some really beneficial and some really interesting numbers. But yeah. That that that's in Australia and and you know um, oh, sorry that that's in Victoria, mate. But um, some of the other states do that so beautifully, so easily. Um, well, seemingly, but again, you know, seemingly, yeah, we don't know. They probably <laughs> do. <laughs> um, we, you know, one thing you mentioned, Dwayne, good before in travel, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he made a great comment about the RPP and those sort of things are, are supposed to be in, in good a goodwill gesture, yeah. you know, gesture. In good faith, and it's supposed to be a you know a warm lead-in to open the door to engage with an Aboriginal business to say, hey, you know, what's your story? What's your ambitions? What's your capacity? Um, I know, you know, being a part of that, you know, coming with Bunjil like 2017, 2018, 
IPP at 2015. I was sort of coming at the latter end of the first generation of Aboriginal businesses. Fine, and yeah. so you're meeting people and they're just like, how many Aboriginal employees you got? You know, what's, yeah. how long have you been? What, what have you done? You know, like it was very like uh, quite staunch. And we found that we had better success in the social space, um, social housing and those sort of things, um, because there was this like fellowship of wanting to equally succeed. Yes. And I'm sure you're probably the same. The, the best people to work with are the ones that are, you know, you're saying, well, where are you going? Can we come with you? What do you need from us? Can you help us with this? And it becomes that relationship. Um, that became our key marker of who we wanted. And, yeah, that was sort of one of those stories where, you know, that's why I wanted to double down on following those relationships. But other shareholders, you know, could see opportunity in, you know, other sectors. But then it's, again, I think that's really hard for Aboriginal businesses because there is so much opportunity and there's a massive talent, talent demand you can get sidetracked. Um, you know, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, you know, staying true to your, you know, bread and butter. Yeah, look again, mate, and you know this exactly too from reaching out to some of the businesses that you do. <clears throat> um, a lot of the guys, uh, you know, and when we run these businesses, they're, they're you know, their size built and everything else. Um, but, you know, a lot of the time, the poor buggers um, that are in there running a podcast like you were, um, we're focusing on running the business and you know, we're, yep. work, we're working in the business to build a business that's sizable enough to enable us to, to work on the business. Yeah, that's right. So once you make that, once you, you make that transition, it is much easier, I think, then to drive those, uh, to be really sort of sitting on and driving those outcomes for your clients. But prior yeah. to that, you are very much in the thick of it. You're running the show, you, you know, your accountant, um, your, your, your HR, your, your legal, yeah. your everything. And then, again, that was one of the reasons why that I, I partnered up in JB with, with our um, partners but purely was to give us that scope and size but also to allow me to focus back on delivering these outcomes because I knew that that was what our value add was you know yeah we were known for delivering a service um that was fine we had all those things in place we, you know but we needed to focus on being able to particularly uh, Victorian based business we needed to be able to focus on our ability to engage we wanted to be gold standard in that case and yeah you know, it really wasn't about um, providing jobs uh, because we, you know, we openly and, and, and actively pursue. But at the end of the day, mate, we, like all of us, we have a service to deliver to our clients. Yeah, that's right. And, and we yeah. have to do that. We're committed to doing that and delivering yeah. it beautifully. So we and, and some it's sometimes so unfair when people want X amount of average employees. It becomes like almost you know recruitment agents out there, you know, flogging our own people for the highest bidder. It's like a modern day slave trade, but it's, it's, it seems to be, yeah, it seems to be not good enough to have someone like yourself, you know, stolen generation comes in, um, you know, works hard, gets a reward, builds a good reputation on the basis of solid work. And it's like, it's not enough. We want more. And I think that's where the, the knee jerk reaction and an expectation of, uh, you know, some of this policy is that they're just seeing it from a numbers spreadsheet. And um, I think it's, well, it's uh, our responsibility as Aboriginal business people and Torres Strait Islander business people to explain the flow on effect. And uh, I know people like Supply Nation and uh, First Nations Capital have put studies out there. Uh, mm. PwC, um, you know, there'd be more and more uh, 
studies coming out to show that flow on effect because it's just it's just amazing. I'm meeting all the time. I'm meeting uh, indigenous people, indigenous people who have got businesses or uh, you know doing amazing things in art or um, fitness or just all range now. And so it'd be amazing to see the numbers of um, um, SMEs per uh, our population. I think we would actually be quite high. Oh, mate, I couldn't agree more. Look, I, I, one of the things that was super interesting, again, with our whole journey of coming out, when, when we uh, said, okay, this is what we're doing, this is our compass, this is where we're headed, we started yeah. to reach out there. I was absolutely taken aback at the breadth and the scope of the and, and the quality of some of the other First Nations certified businesses out there. And yeah. at, at, you know, when I realised how many fantastic service providers and small business operators were out there, you know, this whole thing about, you know, you and I both know, mate, you know, there, there's yeah. a perception that because we are of a, a, a certain status or we identify that there, there's something sort of short of scale of, of what we might be able to, you know, achieve and yeah. deliver. Them. And there's always that scepticism about that, but I think you know, um, I was gobsmacked at the, at the quality and diversity and scope of some of the other businesses. We don't need to be actually engaging with anybody else other than Aboriginal businesses, mate. Yeah, <laughs> because, uh, so we could we could we could get to that stage where we could just have our own little uh, yeah. side economy, and I think that's um, the point Darren Goodwill made about. Uh, undoing colonization through business where you know the wealth is now coming back to us it was taken out for us and yes it's a different currency but it's still resource and energy and the richness of the land that was siphoned out illegally and now it's coming back to us in a way where it's documented and it's audited and we can see the impact but i always say there's nothing more intimidating as an aboriginal island a business person than going to a supply nation trade show, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you're sort of like, you know, owning your your area of expertise, um, stepping up to the plate as that indigenous leader, and then you get thrown in the room with like 400 other Aboriginal business leaders who are like, um, you know, just as good, if not better than you. And you're yes. like, oh man, I've got to, I've got to, you know, I've got to lift, pick up my game. <laughs> totally, I totally agree, mate. But I, I get it big charge from uh, yeah coming it's coming together at groups like that I think uh, yeah there's always a bloody fabulous camaraderie uh, yeah that you don't see uh, when yeah. you go trade normal trade international trade fairs associated with what we do I think yeah, yeah. I love that sense of you know family and you know you could yeah the communication is, is just beautiful but again that's part of our yeah. DNA and what, what we're known for all of us so that yeah. that's what our clients shop with us and purchase, you know, goods and services from us. We've, we've yeah, that's so true what you said. When you go to other trade-specific shows, I've been to like the Canton Fair or other energy uh, ones that we have, all energy, and you do meet a few people you know and you sort of rub shoulders, but it's very business, business as usual. But you yeah. come to your supply nations or your Kinaway events and it's, uh, you know, you're having to tell your brother boy to, to shut up so you can actually win some business. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, please go out to your booth, you know, booth, bro. Uh, I've actually got this person here, you know. Yeah, 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 Stay away from the catering a morning tea for a minute. <laughs> That's it, yeah, just go down to the shack. And, you know, I think three to four days, it seems like a long time, but maybe we we need a whole week so we can yeah, get through talking to everyone. We, we uh, yeah, look, we do... Um, 
that, that's us, right? Um, but again, I suppose that leads back to the five, ten year plan. That, that that's where we are. I think you know the trans. Yeah, yeah. Let's go on to that. We'll finish up with uh, yeah, five to ten years for yourself. And what do you think for this whole business space? Yeah, look, I think uh, it's particularly with what we do, mate, in the um, workplace services area. I think that that's evolving enormously. Um, yeah, we're going to see enormous. Um, Leap forward in innovation, particularly around the technology and engagement scene from what we do. That interface will be yeah. really key and center with some of our bigger clients, you know, the big real estate firms and things like that. So that'll be interesting. On the other side of it, as regards to sort of, you know, playing in the space and, and identifying and continuing building the First Nations sort of side of the business, I think that. I'm going to spend a hell of a lot of time over the next three years, as you said, to really sort of um, double down on okay, helping yeah. explain to clients why we're here, what we're doing, how we're doing this. You know, like you know, if we don't get this right, um, we we won't see another five or ten years for any of us. This the thing will just fall off the radar and become another managed um, process, which we don't want and can't allow to see yeah. happen. So, yeah. like you know, mate, it, it's. Banding together and, and keeping tight with other with other businesses um, of our and being category you know sensitive and, and understanding who yeah. who we're working with and where we're working in that space you know the larger contract yeah. um, we're part of one we've we've got to lead together on these fronts yeah. and, you know really yeah. double down on all our you know, engagement. yeah I think that's a point made with a national um, membership driven body. Absolutely. that can lobby you know we've got some brilliant amazing chambers and then we had other organizations like supply nation who have started the community yeah. um you know they're from top down you know led with some leaders coming in but a funded self-funded membership driven national body uh, that can go you know send one of our board or ceo to you know mr wyatt and say this is where we're at and this is what we need and I speak for, you know, 600 Aboriginal businesses. Absolutely. And that's the sort of, I think, the, the stage that we sort of need to head head to. Um, yeah, totally. Mark it out. And then we all shoulder in on that. And, yeah, and that becomes then our buy-in collectively on, on how we resolve this and, and get this thing really kicking in and, and send some yeah. bloody fantastic things happen for all the great businesses that are out there, mate, and grow and Yeah, grow. that's it. <laughs> and we imagine a fund, you know, you imagine a you know, imagine a fund or we've got that, that trade agreement with, you know, the UK. So imagine we having the capacity to build an eco-lodge. So when other investors or foreign companies are coming in, we'll say, actually, we can do it and we can use money that's coming from, you know, UK or Australia to accomplish, you know, that resort or whatever. Imagine the power, you know, you could come in and step in and say, you know, actually, this traditional owner group has elected us to build, you know, this facility. You know, yeah. just having that ability to step in and, and take over it and then there'll be enough left on the table for everyone else. I think that's the way we need to, you know, get to. Otherwise, we can quite easily be divided against each other. Oh, absolutely, mate. You know, the, the thing of um, siloing becomes, you know, a real issue for us collectively, exactly that. But that point about that sort of investment capacity and, and ability, I think is, is we, we're so close to that. We really are. Yeah, we definitely are. There's a few people that are, you know, ex exiting their businesses and, uh, you know, selling up. So they're going from that, you know, that business owner now to sort of investor, um, you know, or, you know, VC. 
And so it'd be amazing to see um, yeah, what that looks like. And then we also know there's you know funds where you've got royalties and different things that are all Aboriginal money that are looking for a home. So that's really, really exciting. Um, but what about yourself? What about Jarrah? Where's Jarrah in the next uh, five to 10 years? I think, look, yeah, obviously we'd, we'd love to grow our national footprint. We'd love to diversify within that uh, workplace services space. I think you know, we're going to have to evolve quite dramatically and substantially because we see our clients and their business workplaces sort of evolving enormously. Yeah, you know, COVID mm. did a lot with that, mate, particularly, you know, yes. um, people working from home and, and yes. coming into the office space where it becomes a real destination and a, a place where you love to do it. You may not do it every day. Um, yeah. it'll, um, so I think, you know, being able to sort of provide that sort of thing uh, for those sorts of um, businesses, I think is really key for us sort of with regards to our service delivery. Um, yeah. Lots of, we'd love to continue our growth sort of trajectory with, with partnering up with other um, First Nations businesses. So again, you know, there's some fantastic people that we'd love to be reaching out and working further with and delivering yeah. sort of better clients and better services to our clients. But yeah, um, we've, we're doing very well and very much on track. And it's, um, you know, the COVID, luckily enough, because we had the cleaning component of the business, it didn't. Yeah, well, yeah. It didn't knock us around too much. But again, we, we need to power out of this and, um, and yeah. you know, refocus, get our compass back and, and kick yeah. it off. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I think I just saw today 75% uh, capacity now allowed in the Melbourne CBD. Yeah, look, we're, we're seeing that already, mate, over the last two yeah. weeks. The um, as, as everybody, uh, corporate clients are coming out of hibernation, bringing back are looking at bringing back everybody into yeah. place. Um, that's kicked in beautifully. So yeah, again, and the, yeah, and the funny thing is, um, I've never seen so many people so excited to get back into <laughs> into the office. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll see. Uh, so one of the, I think it'll be one of those moves, mate. How it started and how it's going. Um, we'll yeah, see. that's it. We'll see sort of, yeah, look, again, I think yeah, the change in the workplace, mate, has been enormous. I think um, that'll be reflected as we move out of this. I don't think we'll see anything like we, we saw previously. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's changed us for the better, for the good, I think. Yeah. That's it. I think, uh, yeah, I think there's a, a resilience of people now that are saying we're not going back to that. So, <laughs> so either sort it all out and let us, you know, move on. So but thanks so much. Oh, yeah, you go. No, no, we were looking, we picked up a number of contracts in WA. Oh, um, nice. And so that that's growing out again. Look, it's great when we're able to, to pick up other state contracts because, again, we can revisit and look at those numbers. How, yeah. how do, are they, does, do they function the same and look the same as they do in Victoria? Yeah. All those yeah. sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. So and that's, I've heard that the same thing with some other Aboriginal business leaders. They're sort of looking at... Uh, take contracts in other states and then realising, well, hang on, this might be an opportunity to actually relocate um, or focus mm -hmm. the business on another area of the nation. So even though yeah, every state went and did their own thing with, you know, virus control and that sort of stuff, um, there still is repercussions where people are saying, well, there's a trust factor now, you know, I, you know, I like the way this other person handled it and I'm winning work over here. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the dust settles and, and just where people are are at now yes yes mate. yeah looking again like you said earlier there's a lot of fantastic businesses out there we you know we reach out we love to learn stuff from successful businesses that are doing you know other 
businesses that have got you know their, their message and their KPIs mm. and their fulfillment thing totally on point and deliver some beautiful stuff. As I said, you know, WA is a current, you know, it's a um, an inspiration to us. Um, yeah. Again, we'd love to. I'd love to hear some more detail around sort of how they're doing that. What, what's easy about it over there? What, what kind of things can we do over this sort of side of the, the uh, country to sort of replicate or even look something similar to that you know how you how have you guys been yeah. so doing that because they must be looking at the same as us right in reverse <laughs> yeah yeah we, we've got segments yeah, yeah we, we've got great opportunity they see us on the east coast as having far greater opportunity than them but um it, it's not it's not always the case that's it that's right beautiful thanks so much for coming on uh this morning uh chad really uh it was really Awesome to hear your perspective on yeah coming out as an indigenous business owner, you know, and uh, your you know opinion on this whole market. And yeah, look forward to seeing more about uh, what you're doing with Jara. Brilliant, mate. Look, I love to speak further and uh, beautiful. Thanks, mate. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good afternoon, brother. Bye. You too.